It may be me. Nope, it's not me. It could have very likely been me. I did turn it off earlier. Thank you so much. All right, so good morning. As Laura said, my name is Chris. So I realized as I was prepping this that the last time I spoke was the last time change. So apparently that's a new thing, um, and I hope it doesn't continue going forward because it does really mess with me. But you guys are bright-eyed and chipper, and we are ready to get going. So a little bit about me, because you may not know me, some of you. Uh, my name is Chris Bickett, and this is my family on the screen, not next to me, on the screen there. Uh, you'll see my husband, Paul, and then you see my three kids. The one standing is Elsa, our senior, hard to believe. Emma is next, she's a sophomore. And then we have Kenneth, who is quickly becoming the tallest, who is our seventh grader. He is seventh grader, right? It's really sad. I'm going to be so happy when January 2nd comes because all this year I have said he is 13 and in eighth grade. Neither of those are true. He is 12 and he is in seventh grade. He just looks like he should be going into high school. So that is my family. Um, and then I want to show you this next picture. This is a more realistic picture. This is what my family is normally like. Um, the pretty ones we get once in a while, usually holidays and birthdays, uh, if we're lucky, and then we get the goofy ones majority of the time. So if I have to find a picture to so show somebody seriously of my kids, I really have to scroll through my thousands of pictures for quite a while. So uh, you're holding Play-Doh. Yep, you're holding Play-Doh. Oh, you guys follow cues so well, I am so impressed. You're holding Play-Doh because I am also the student ministries pastor. So what that means to you is I get to work with children birth through basically sixth grade in our Northridge kids classes uh, during Sunday mornings. I get to work with Club 56ers on Sunday afternoon, which is our fifth and sixth grade small group. Uh, sometimes I get to hang out with the youth, and then once in a while I get to hang out with you big people and small people that are in the big people room because we all belong here. So some of you um, know what you should be doing. Some of you need a little help. Take your Play-Doh out. It's okay to open it up. Squish them out. You can take all of it out. You can take a little bit out. I don't really care. If you don't like your color, what I normally tell them is look at a neighbor and ask them if they'll trade. And if not, then uh, sorry, you're out of luck. So, you know, that's how it works. Now, uh, I do need to put one caveat out. Um, it was in my notes, surprisingly, but um, one of the greeters told me as they were handing the Play-Doh out, they said, uh, can we throw it? And in my notes, I specifically have in here, do not throw it at anyone around you, literally in my notes. And I looked at her because she then said, I told him as long as I throw it at you. <laughs> I was like, all right, you can bring it. You can bring it. Just give me a heads up because I can't, you know, I can't do two things at once and paying attention here is enough. So in our series, we are talking about backstage. Ah, oh, sorry, I got distracted. With your Play-Doh, uh, feel free just to play with it or feel free to try to create something. I would love to see if you can create something. You don't have to, that's a lot of pressure. But if you want to, create something. And if you're really artsy, again, that whole sharing with your neighbor, they'll maybe swap part of their color with you 
if you need to get out of the one-dimensional world, okay? So we are in our series backstage, and um, we're talking about things that have to deal with our faith that are kind of the backside that most people don't see unless we invite them into it. And so we've talked about several topics as we've gone through. This week, we're going to be talking about input. Now, input has one of two ways to go. We can either talk about input as a really narrow focus, or we can talk about input kind of in a broader scheme. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit broader. We've done a lot of real specific things in this series, and if you haven't heard those messages, I encourage you to go back. They're on the website. Listen to them. There is good guidance and direction there. We have more coming. I guarantee you it's going to be worth it. But for today, we're taking input just kind of a little more general. It'll make sense as we get going. Okay? Tell me what you notice about your Play-Doh. Just shout it out, and you have to shout it loud because I have something over my ear here. Soft, purple. Red. Malleable, we're getting big words. Squishy. Sticky. Sparkly. Beautiful. Smells good. We have two very distinct camps. If you are in the smells good, raise your hand. Kurt, you are not alone. Look at that. Look at that. The rest of you are like, uh-uh. almost feel like we need to like half the room and you guys switch spots. Any other words you notice? Flexible. Pliable. Cookies and cream. Yeah, some of you got the scented. Some of you got the scented. Some of you got sparkly. Some of you got plain. Anything else? You can mix colors, and then you have a new color. We are, we are expanding horizons. Yes. All right. As we go, feel free to continue to play with your Play-Doh. If it's annoying to you, you can put it in your container. Do not throw it in anybody. There we go. All right. So now what I want you to do for just a second, if you enjoy Play-Doh, is hold it in your hand. Now, what do you notice around you? Go ahead. What do you notice around you? Silence. What else? Okay, different. What else? You're going to have to say it louder. Hands are open with Play-Doh. What else? Louder? Different shapes? Unified. Unified. Does anybody notice the light? Does anybody notice the hum of the fan? Does anybody notice the wind if you're looking out the windows? Does anybody notice if your neighbor is making noise? How do your eyes feel today?
what's going on in your chest right now? How many of you are ready to be done with the quiet? All of these things that we have done from Plato and from going silent and listening are types of input. They are all forms of input, and those forms of input affect us and impact us. And that's where we're going to go today. So we're talking about backstage. I need to put mine away because I have to focus, sorry. We're talking about backstage, and we need to ask ourselves, why does the backstage input, what we're putting in, what we're noticing, what we're consuming, why does that matter, and how can we use it to passionately follow Jesus? First of all, backstage input matters because it's free-flowing. This one seems a little bit like, why would you choose this? But actually, today, it really matters a lot. It's free-flowing because there is no floodgate to the inputs that we have unless we put them there. We have unlimited access to as many inputs of information and stimuli and experiences as we want. One of the greatest advantages of technology today is that we have a world of information and experiences at our fingertips, literally at our fingertips, on a screen, if it's touchscreen or a mouse, TV, at our fingertips. One of the greatest disadvantages is our world of technology and experiences available at our fingertips. We can find whatever we want, whenever we want, in an instant. Hey Google, hey Alexa, hey Siri. The problem becomes if you have an Alexa and you start calling it Siri, she won't answer you. We know that in our house. I have to giggle, sorry honey. We have an Alexa, <laughs> and she was playing, and my husband wanted it to stop because we were going to do something else, <laughs> and he's going, hey, Siri, hey, Siri, stop playing. Hey, Siri, stop. Hey, Siri, turn it off. <laughs> and the kids and I go, Alexa, stop. <laughs> it was like, I, we couldn't. We just couldn't. Technology, the greatest advantage and disadvantage in the world. We used to have to, a lot of you are going to remember this. Any of you that are shorter than me or taller than me and younger in age, you're not going to. We used to have to physically go find information. If we needed to do a research paper, students listen hard. We used to have to go with our feet to a thing called the public library. It was not in our house. We had to make arrangements to get there. We had to then decide what we were going to research and go to something called a card catalog. It was an actual thing that you pulled a drawer out with index cards, and you had to find the right one to determine which section you had to go to to find the number on the book. You guys do know about the numbers on the books, the Dewey Decimal System. We had to find the right book, and then we had to take it to a table and open it up and turn to the right page to find what we needed. Today you say, hey, Google... What is the population of, and you get your answer. Greatest advantage, greatest disadvantage at our fingertips. My daughter was able to determine which colleges she wanted to visit based on virtual tours and the websites online. She was able to see the dorms, the kitchen, the student experiences, all of that online before we ever stepped foot on a campus. Let me tell you this, though. 
Even though the majority of our information is digital nowadays, it absolutely cannot replace physical inputs. Unless you are going to do your entire schooling online, it matters where you go to school. Whether you are in elementary school, high school, college, or the workplace. Your physical environment matters because when you get with a group of people, it changes how you interact and how you learn. When we take things off of the screen, we now have to interact on a different level and it makes different inputs into our mind and into our bodies. How we respond, what we think about is completely different. She knows the schools that she likes because she looked at them online, but once we stepped foot onto a campus, it was much easier to say, I really like this. And let me tell you, it was not the beauty of the dorms. Because when you look at the picture online and then you step into those dorms, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. It's kind of like going into the men's restroom. I'm kidding, it's not, it's not, not at all. There's a difference. And what you can see through pictures online is not going to give you the experience of you stepping onto a campus, into a classroom, into somebody's home for a small group, and learn what that interaction is like. Digital only takes us so far. Most of our communication has shifted to digital. Did you really stop and think about that before? How many of you would rather send a text or an email versus call or show up on someone's door. If we're honest, that's our go-to nowadays. Let me text and see if they respond. And if they don't respond, email maybe. I'll call, but I hope I get voicemail. So then they can respond to my text that I sent them saying, I sent you a text, check your text. The days of dropping in on somebody and stopping by their house are almost non-existent. Those types of inputs are inputs that we need, and we're going to get to that in a moment. But shifting all the way over to technology for how we source, how we interact, how we do this, directly impacts us. You see, all, pause, all impact that are all input... I'm going to get the word right. All input that we receive goes into us. What is this? Trash can? Does anybody have a different word? Garbage can? What else? Container? Recycling? All of these are true, cheater. All of these are true. Today, I am going to call it a receptacle. It's what it is, right? A receptacle is something that we put things into. As we continue going forward, I want you to consider this receptacle a symbol of you. Okay? This is now you. Receptacle, not trash can. Everything that we take in comes in and it forms our character. 
Character is formed by what input is allowed and focused on in the backstage of our life, where only you know the intent and the purpose of it. That's a long sentence. Character is formed by what input is allowed and focused on. Only you know the intent and the purpose of it. You see all of those dots. It doesn't matter what we read, what we watch, what we hear. Everything goes into becoming our character. The character is who we are when no one else is around. Our character also forms how we make our decisions, what actions we choose to take, and how we're going to respond in any given situation. You add pressure, and it amplifies whatever inputs we have put into ourselves. Paul was writing to the Christians in Rome in the book of Romans. He had some words that are concerning, but there is also hope in them. Let's look at Romans 8, 5. It says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. Think about that for just a moment. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. Those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. We don't have to go deep into theological study for us to know the difference between these two. We already know it. We know things that are pleasing and beneficial and help us to grow. We know things that are harmful and deter us and point us in a way that is not positive. We know the difference between these two. Listen to what he continues to say in verse 6. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to what? Death. Letting the spirit control your mind leads to what? Life and peace. We can lead towards death, spiritually, or we can lead towards life and peace. It is up to us. A lot of times, I think, we get to the point where we say, I don't want to be controlled by the Holy Spirit because that is going to mean the death of everything fun and enjoyable that I like to do. It's going to mean that I have to change everything. We're confused. Scripture tells us that when we are focusing on the sinful things, when we are letting ourself guide and determine everything that pleases us, that we want, and we don't filter it through anything that Scripture has to say about it in God's guidance, that is what leads towards death. What we choose to input that is pleasing to the Holy Spirit leads towards life and peace. That is actually what gives us freedom to enjoy on a greater level, anything that we can come up with on our own. 
we tend to think of the backstage as being like a really small part. What I am taking in that no one else knows about, all of my inputs, whatever it is, mentally, physically, what we are doing, we tend to think that that's like really small. Like this input right here, it's not gonna do a whole lot. Like I ask you to put water in this bucket, okay, it'll put out a little fire, it's not gonna put out a big fire, it's not gonna do a whole lot, right? But here's the reality, we need to right-size our thoughts about our backstage input. Take a look at this picture. This is a stage set for an SNL skit. How many of you know SNL? Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live runs for about 90 minutes. This is one of their sets. What you're going to notice is that in the center is the front stage, the public-facing thing, how we interact with people and do things out in front that gets noticed. But do you see everything that is surrounding that front stage? Up above, around the sides, out in front. All of that is considered backstage. All of that is what is necessary for an SNL skit to happen. All of that is preparation and items that are needed or may potentially be needed down the road in order for that to happen on stage. The backstage is not some teeny tiny little thing. It is actually larger than our front stage. We just don't realize it. We don't treat it like it is. The other thing that you don't see on here is for SNL on TV to be truly impactful, they have a creative team that works on digital items that get added to the physical presentation that the actors and actresses do. That digital team has 10 hours to work on content that gets put on that night. And sometimes they are working on that digital content while they are performing, like they are tweaking and adjusting as they go. An SNL skit, just so you have reference, lasts about 90 minutes. I don't know, it didn't say what the preparation was for the actual actors and actresses to get ready. Guaranteed it's most of the week, a lot of hours. The digital team alone that adds on top of what the humans are already doing, 10 hours, means 600 minutes of preparation. 600 minutes of backstage preparation for a 90-minute front stage presentation. Does our backstage input matter? A whole lot. A whole lot. I want you to think for just a moment about the types of input that you actually take in. We had the big ones up on the screen already, what we watch, what we read. Think in your mind. I was going to have you do an actual check mark, but we won't do that, unless you really want to. Think or keep track on your fingers of how many of these inputs you have in your life. TV shows, movies, YouTube channels, influencers. If you don't know what that is, it's not yours, it's the younger ones. 
Facebook stories, Instagram, TikTok, whatever else I don't know of them, news, podcasts, audiobooks, music. How many genres of music do you listen to? What are the lyrics? Books you read, magazines, books you listen to on Audible. How about what activities do you do for fun, sports? What's the team environment? What's the talk around the team? What's the attitude of the team? What online games do you play? What clubs do you do at school? How about your friends? A tally mark for each friend. Or even just do your top five. What input do you receive from your top five friends? What about your family? That's what I could come up with at the top of my head. I know there's more, as unique as you guys. Think about all of those streams of input coming into your life and are they positive or negative? Do they help guide you towards God or away from God? Some of them may be neutral. They might be. But each of these little inputs seems really small until we start putting them together. And then they start making a little bit more of an impact. Right? Our input matters, all of it. Our backstage input really matters. But Paul didn't leave the church in Rome hanging. He gave them this hope. It's in verse 9. You are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Holy Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. You are not controlled by your sinful nature. It is so easy for us to say, that's how I've always done it. I don't know anything different. That's what makes me feel good, so it's really hard to stop. That's what I've gotten into a routine of doing. It's really hard to change it. Paul's telling us we're not controlled by our sinful nature. We're not we are controlled by the Holy Spirit when we choose to follow. It happens that the small intentional choices that we make can shift us. Slowly. Towards following God or not. It matters. The choices our kids make matter. That's why we get on them. Brush your teeth. Why? Because if you don't do it long enough, they're going to fall out. And in the meantime, you're going to lose friends because your breath smells really bad. And I'm your mom. Don't kiss me. Right? They matter. Our kids don't get it when they're young. They don't care. They don't care if there's fuzz on their teeth. Give them the candy. But it matters. All of it matters. You see, it's the small little things 
that add up over time. Because this doesn't look like a whole lot. But when we're talking about our life, this isn't the only thing we're talking about. We have all kinds of input. And it's going to form us. How are you going to form in ways that are pleasing towards God or in ways that lead towards a spiritual death? If we want love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, we have to start slowly working towards those things, which means choosing the inputs that guide us towards the truth and God's way. It won't happen overnight. We have an entire lifetime to work on it. That is the really good thing. We need an entire lifetime to work on it. That's okay. But here's something that I want you to know is really cool. The small little things that we do that turn us towards the positive over time have a really, really big influence. Don't believe me? I just lifted off a whole bunch of things, and I'm going to be exact. Kids in the room, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. What are those? Say it loud. Say it louder. How do you know those? How do you know them? Did you go home and study that with mom and dad last week? Talia, you are being so brave. How do you know that? What do we do in kids' class? And what do we specifically do with the fruit of the Spirit? Callie, what do we do? Say it louder. A song. You think little things don't matter over time? I guarantee you, if these kids were not being bashful, all of them in this room would stand up and they could tell you the fruit of the Spirit because we sing a song called Fruit of the Spirit in kids' class. Not every week. We do it sporadically, but we do it consistently. They can tell you, if they've been in kids' class and heard that song more than three times, they can tell you the fruit of the Spirit. Do they know what they mean? No. Not yet. Will they over time? Yeah, they will. How do I know this? My kids are no longer of age to be in kids' class. But we were coming back from a college visit in Oklahoma and passed a sign that had John 3.16 on it. And my husband said, do you kids actually know what that verse is? And some of us are like, oh, don't call on me, Pastor Chris. My shoes are so shiny. John 3, 16, one of my daughters goes, yes, Dad. For God so, and then the other one points in, jumps in, love the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And then they started to do this. I apologize in advance. Eternal life, eternal life, eternal life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what that was? A really bad rendition of the song. Do they know what John 3.16 says? Yes, they do. Small increments over time add up to really big changes. If we want to go towards life and peace in the Spirit, in God, in Jesus, we need to start making small incremental choices now that are going to point us and lead us there. 
if we don't, all of this becomes what leads us to a spiritual death. Things that are not enjoyable. We don't like life. We struggle with friendships and relationships. We feel down all of the time. We don't know what to do. We're frustrated. We're angry. Whatever it is, we need to work towards pointing towards the positive. All right. A couple of inputs that can help us do that. One, we need to seek input on how to be authentically you. Not me. Not anyone else. Be you. Because this receptacle is you. It is not me. Bob Goff says this. If you want to do something that honors God, stop trying to be someone else and go be you. Confusing someone else's dreams for your own or thinking their dreams should be more like yours or vice versa will cost you the prize every single time. God made you uniquely gifted. Go run your own race. We can tie our hearts together without tying our shoestrings together. In other words, we're running in the same race. We are running towards a life that is honoring and pleasing to God, but we don't have to do it the same way because we're not created the same way. I guarantee you nobody made the same creation unless you simply rolled it into a ball and put it back. And even if you did that, each one of these pieces of Play-Doh is different because your fingerprints are on your Play-Doh. We can analyze this and know who it belonged to because of the fingerprints on it. God created us uniquely. Make sure that we live like it. Bob also said this, Comparison is the death of dreams. You'll never find your purpose by comparing your life to someone else's. Don't you dare hold up your ambitions to someone else's and try to rank them, listen to this, like some kind of inspiration cage fight. I love Bob Goff. He has such a way of saying things. We're not interested in inspirational cage fights. Be yourself. You are not competing with anyone else. You are competing with making yourself better. Don't get caught in the trap of comparison and taking on someone else's dream. Second thing, you need to be a learner and you need to be in physical community. We already talked about that a little bit, but here's the deal. When we are not learning, we're actually declining. We were created to grow, and every single input that we put into us will help us to grow, but we need to grow towards God. We need to make sure that the inputs that are positive outweigh the negative inputs so that we are on a positive trajectory. That word was tricky. Make sure that we are living a life that includes other people. They are what is going to encourage, challenge, and sharpen us. You will not get that on a computer screen or a phone screen. We need to be in community. Fun fact, the average hug lasts three seconds. Say three. Oh, you guys are 
guys are so tired. Say three. Three seconds is what the normal average hug lasts for. Think about how often you go up to somebody and they need a hug, and so you give them a hug. And then we walk away. Small change for you. Try it. 20 seconds. Oh, so awkward. My husband read through my manuscript. He goes, ooh, that is long. I was like, well, I guess we're not practicing, are we? 20 seconds. 20 seconds is so awkwardly long until you realize 20 seconds becomes therapeutic. It physically changes the mind and the body. Scientifically proven. If you will make yourself uncomfortable and move from a three-second to a 20-second hug, you will make a difference in someone else's life and your life. Don't be awkward today and go find some stranger and be like, 20 seconds! You're going to get punched. That's not my fault. Not my fault. But seriously, try it with a loved one. When you think about it, when we are in those moments of encouragement being needed, this doesn't move us anywhere. It's almost the same as a pat on the back. We need to know that person is for us. Take the time to do it. It doesn't have to be a hug. Take the time to be with them. All right. Last one. Seek input that will help you be playful. So many of us, as we grow older, do not play. We follow routines. We get logical. We get rigid. We get consistent in what we do. And we lose the play because there's not time for it. It's the wrong mindset. God is a creative God. He is the one that introduced play and wonder and joy. We need to keep play in our life. The reason I handed you this Play-Doh was not because I'm a student ministry's children pastor. I handed you this Play-Doh because I needed you to get out of your concrete, logical brain and into your creative, playful brain. If we give this a chance, whatever your creative outlook is, it will shift how we look at things and how we respond. The Bible tells us to be like little children. It's not just when we go to Jesus. Be like little children because they understand how to play. They understand that they can just do and enjoy without stressing and worrying if it's correct. Why does our backstage matter? If your Play-Doh is out, make a one. Some of you are going to get a little creative. Some of you are just going to do a straight one. It doesn't matter. That's like, that's a one. It just doesn't have a base. Or a candy cane. You know, creativity. One. I want you to think about one thing today that either spiked your heart rate or made your stomach turn. 
That's probably what God wants you to think on today. From my perspective, the one thing I want you to walk away with is that our backstage input matters because you matter to God. You matter to God. You. You matter to God. You matter to God. You matter to God. We need to hear that. It needs to sink deep. God will continue to chase us until we acknowledge I matter to him no matter where I am at. What I choose to input, he knows. My encouragement is moving forward, seek out the positive because you matter to God. Will you pray with me, please? Holy Spirit, when we come before you, we know there are challenges. We know the ways that we have screwed up. Those are loud and clear. I pray that you silence those. I pray that you would help us to hear right now your small voice saying how much you love us because we matter to you. And because we matter to you, you care about what we put into our hearts and our minds. Help us to focus on the things that are pleasing to you and draw us closer to you. Whether it's small incremental steps or big changes that we need to make, you will be there with us, helping us. Thank you that you love us so much that you do not want us to stay the same. You want us to draw closer to you. Thank you for creating us uniquely Thank you for wanting us to honor you, and thank you for guiding us to do that. May we know our worth, and the only thing that matters is that we are your child. In your name we pray. Amen.